0: Hi, this is Glenn Delakian, host of Tandem Radio, the good news on business, heard every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Bridge FM or on the web. Thanks for joining us for a special series, Building a Kingdom Minded Company. Whether you're a business owner or just starting your first job, our desire is that God would influence every part of your life, including your business world. Mark Griffin, president of In His Name HR, which provides human resources consulting for many organizations, brings some fantastic tools on faith and work through his 12-part series on building a company for God's glory. Let's join Mark and host D. Kovac for this segment on building a kingdom-minded company here at TandemRadio.com.
1: I'm Dee Kovach, and today we're talking with Christian business consultant Mark Griffin about his company, In His Name, Human Resources. In his name, HR is leading business as a kingdom-minded company. During this 12-part series, Mark gives you the tools to prosper as a kingdom-minded company. Well, here we are on show number six, and today we are talking about HR practices. Mark, tell us. Uh, We've been through the mission, the vision, the core values, and now this is where it all starts to weave together. And tell us, uh, HR practices, why should we, what's so important about them?
2: Well, first of all, there are just literally probably 40 or 50 uh, different HR practices that you can define, and uh, oftentimes uh, folks that aren't in HR, CEOs of companies or VPs of operations that I meet with ask me, you know, hey, Mark, you know, what really is an HR practice? Uh, Because really, HR has evolved over the the past uh, couple years. I think your listeners probably look back 20 years ago, it was called personnel, and then it evolved into human resources. So uh, there are a variety of different practices, so to speak.
1: Well, you bring up a very good point, and that is that it used to be just personnel. I mean, people even still call it that, personnel. But there is a real difference between personnel and human resources. Tell us a little bit.
2: Uh, uh, Absolutely. I I look at human resources as really being a business partner to the organizations in which they serve. Personnel, I think, had kind of a, a bad connotation over it because it was looked at more as overhead and uh, picnic planners, uh, party planners, whereas human resources really uh, rewording it um, took on a whole new meaning to companies and really created a whole new profession. Uh, Years ago, people would find themselves in personnel when they weren't really good at accounting. They put them in in personnel or they weren't good in marketing or put the person in personnel now you have a whole uh, career field that's dedicated into helping companies become effective and prosperous through their HR practices
1: and you know when I think of personnel when you said that word I think of pencils and papers and filling out forms and uh, benefits and and all of those things that are just pretty much the clerical aspects of any employee but when you'd say human resources, I see that as being the real uh, building and enabling your employees to be the very best that they can be is is that what you're telling me?
2: Oh, a- a- absolutely and that's one thing that I was I, I was blessed to have discovered earlier in my career I, I have a bachelor's degree in human resource administration. And uh, after graduating college and after starting my career in human resources, which was just at the beginning of the time of breaking out of personnel, you know, I thought, well, I should get a master's degree in human resources, I should get a master's degree maybe in employee labor relations. But I had some pr- pretty good coaches and mentors that were progressive in their HR thinking, especially for that time, that said, hey, Mark, if you're going to be effective as an HR professional, You better start understanding and 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 getting your arms around what your clients, client groups do for a living, how they make money, how the companies make money. You know, maybe you should look at another degree. And you know what? I did. I got an MBA. I got a master's of business administration where I was able to get exposed to the marketing function, to the accounting function, to the operations function, to world-class quality functions, being a business partner and understanding what it is that my clients do make me a better HR professional. So I took that 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 energy around being a business partner into all the companies that have served in the last 20, 25 years and also all the HR professionals that have helped me um, be progressive within those companies.
1: I would also say, you know, if I could just add this, that – You know, um, there are some companies and there are some businesses and supervisors and owners who operate with their employees kind of uh, uh, as a, you know, okay, you know it because I tell you you know it and that's all you need to know, but I still need you to do this job. Whereas human resources takes into consideration that you are taking care of and you're cultivating just as if a company out there is for the means to process or create or manufacture something, you know, this is just like buying your raw materials and taking care of them. I mean, you know, if you don't have human resources and you aren't putting together good human resources practices, all you're basically doing is maybe like buying fresh groceries or meat that you're going to use in preparing, you know, maybe restaurant items, but letting them sit at the door and never putting them in the refrigerator and taking care of them.
2: Exactly. That, that, that is so true. And I think that's really where a lot of organizations uh, make a mistake is they, they, they don't take care of their employees. They, they don't help them uh, get skilled. They don't help take them to the next level and they don't nurture them, but on the other hand, it's a two-way street. Employees have an obligation to the employer, and the employer have an obligation to employees. And when they don't feel obligated to each other, that's really where we run into a lot of problems. And what I'm seeing in the last 20 years is there are some folks that are kind of jaded because of watched their parents and their grandparents lose jobs after being with companies for 20, 25 years, And their heart isn't necessarily with the organization that they're with because they're not sure of their longevity. And that's really where I coach employers to create an environment that's inclusive to those employees and create excitement even if they can't guarantee them work for the next five years.
1: Well. You know, it's, it's like you said, things have really changed and, and what has changed in the past, uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, like you said, the companies, the gold watch, the retirement, all of that, that's all up in the air now and, and very rare in, in some cases to be able to see people stay with a company, um, for that extended amount of time, a lifetime, if you will. Um, but employers need people to do jobs. So HR practices, the essence of HR practices, I am going to guess, from my experience, starts with the job description and the definition of the job that needs to be done.
2: Absolutely. There's job descriptions, but to give your listeners some other ideas of, you know, what are HR practices, What, what are these folks talking about on the radio, some other examples besides the job descriptions is employee relations you know, how managers deal with their employees, how employees deal with, with their managers, recruitment management, how do you even begin to recruit, what's your process, how do you do it, uh, workforce planning, training management, performance management, compensation and benefits as a, as a practice, attendance and leave management as a practice as well, um, employee development, skill management, you know, at, at, at the production level, uh, health and safety, employee activities, employment, policy management. There's an incredible amount of practices that are out there that all HR professionals are essentially responsible for.
1: Well, you know, you've listed a lot of things there, uh, benefits, uh, programs for the employees. And, you know, if I'm a business owner and I'm listening to that and I don't have those things in place holy moly, you know, part of this is about making money. And if I start putting everything in there and giving my employees all kinds of stuff, how am I ever going to keep my cost of doing business down in which we're going to show a profit and we're going to stay in business? What are you talking about when you're adding all these things in?
2: That, that's that's a great point that you make. The I, I gave you a laundry list and I gave your, your listeners a laundry list. So the best thing that organizations can do is kind of categorize and list from 1 to 20 what's important and what's not important and what they should focus on first so that they're not overwhelmed. And typically when I go into an organization, what I do is I do an HR um, assessment, and I look from from soup to nuts. I look at everything they're doing, and uh, the assessment's eight eight pages long. And uh, then I report back and let them know what they're doing good and what they're not doing so good and all these different practices. And then we come up with a plan, uh, a strategy on what practices we're going to go after first. And typically, to your point, there are so many, we get that list down to a a small manageable amount. And typically what comes up is uh, the handbook which is the core foundation policies, what comes up is the recruitment process, the performance review process, job descriptions, how you communicate, and also the training and development within the organization. So those six core areas are practices that are usually the ones that come front and center when I work with an organization and probably would be front and center with most of your listeners' companies as well.
1: Well, when we are talking about the handbook, that is what is going to basically be your working manual uh, of how your business is going to operate and how you are going to your it, it is the framework for your HR practices, the documentation, the definition of it. is Is that where you're going to put that in your handbook?
2: Yes, the, the, the handbook helps. not only is a handbook a legal document, and most companies should have that legal document, there's key language in there. Uh, that needs to be in there to articulate to employees about employment at will, uh, about the company's commitment uh, you know, definitions around ADA and EEOC and all the legal requirements. That, that's imperative. You have those and the employees got those, uh, those statements and the signed receipt of those. But it's also kind of like your playbook. It, it shouldn't, I, I always think that the handbook shouldn't be harsh or preachy or a rule book, it should be a a playbook on how your company was developed, why it's in place, and and how you act and how you work together as a team. And also, it should be a tool to sell to potential employees or candidates about this is what the company is about, this is what it means to work at the company. The best handbooks will start out with a mission, vision, and values uh, at, at the front.
1: Well, uh, with the handbook uh, in mind, uh, you said it's a. Le- this is important. It's a legal document, and and it is. You know, I mean, and, and as such, it should be handled with a certain amount of importance and a tremendous amount of integrity, um, from the top down, and and vice versa. Like I've said in the past, is is that correct? I mean, it's not something that. Uh, remember, we are striving to be a kingdom company. We are striving to respect others or use our core values to, you know, we've talked about the golden rule. But when we are actually in practices and we're dealing with the handbook and creating a handbook, you know, business owners, you know, oh, geez. You know, I'm a little bit afraid of putting these things on paper or putting them because I'm afraid they'll come back and bite me or I'll do something wrong or I won't do what I'm supposed to. You know, how how do you usually advise people when they are starting to create a handbook that they've never ever thought about having in, in any time?
2: It's interesting because uh, what I do and, and what I've been called to do and how I consult with these Christian business owners and leaders, it's almost like they have relief when they meet with me and they get comfortable with the fact that they can do many things and they have wanted to do the things. They just needed me to confirm that they could do it, that they held back that they wanted to include some faith statements about where their company came from and or how their father started the company and how their father was was a Christ follower and how that meant so much to the brothers of the organization and how they wanted to share that with other people, that there's almost relief. And from that relief just stems excitement that trickles down through the organization. You know, we bring the handbook up, but – You know, as I described all these practices uh, earlier in this show, you know, it comes to light that your mission, vision, and values can shine through all those different practices. When we talk about benefits management, what better way to show your employees that you care than to get the best benefits for your organization? And I, I, I meet with companies that oftentimes haven't looked at their benefits package for their employees for eight years. They've been offering the same package to employees for eight years. Companies are taking advantage of of the of the company the the, the vendor that they're using is taking advantage of the company, which is taking advantage of the employee on super high rates, rates that can be reduced, better benefits for less cost. I'm not talking about managing it. And making it cost more for employees, I'm talking about managing the vendor to make sure you're getting the best for employees, and that—that's why I talk in building a kingdom-minded company. That it's not just, you know, putting the mission, vision, value in a handbook. It's also making sure that you're using vendors that are bringing the best for your employees because you love your employees, you care about your employees, and you want the best for them.
1: Well, you. Uh- Actually, you are going directly into, uh, an area that, you know, I mean, is it the sun, the moon, and the stars that employees want that'll make them happy, that makes them feel valued, that, that can be put into practice? I mean, does, does everybody no, no, want you all know, things? You,
2: you know what it is, Dee? It's the employee wants to know that there's a, there's an employee champion in the company that's doing the best for them to get the best deal. That's what it comes down to. They need to know that someone out there is fighting for them to get them the best benefits. Employees get ticked off and aggravated if the company doesn't review the benefits for eight years because they go, the company must not care if they're not looking at my package and I have to pay all this money. And they don't care because the owners have plenty of money to make the deductibles and everything else. But if you're not evaluating this and then articulating it back to the employees, we care about you. We brought three vendors in competing for your buy-up life insurance, and we got the price down to a dollar when it used to be $6. That's huge for employees. Employees will walk across coals for companies that when they know that the founders and the owners are doing the best to bring them the best, but they don't. I continually meet with companies that either they don't know how they don't want to get involved, or they're too busy worrying about making the widgets than to take care of feeding and watering their prime resource, resource which is their employees.
1: When you're looking at human resource uh, practices, and we're talking about employee benefits, of course, the topical issue is health care and the escalating cost of health care. And we can discuss and we can debate it, you know, six different ways to Sunday if we wanted to, but. Is it always about the money, the health care, the benefits? I mean, you know, we live in a different society now where we have, you know, double-income families. We have moms and dads with small children or the sandwich generation that has – are those – is it the wage and is it the health care and the money that a company is going to save you? A a, a
2: lot of it has to do with what the um – organization is doing, again, to defend the employee and to bring them the best. I I was working with an organization that had a high deductible medical plan, but no flexible spending account for employees. Many of your listeners won't understand what that means, but I'm telling you, employees could save hundreds of dollars just by the organization spending some time setting up the right programs at no cost to the company but save the employees enormous amounts of money. That's what I talk about building a kingdom company, bringing the best for employees, helping them prosper, putting more money in their in their paycheck so that they can help themselves, their families, and their communities.
1: Well, the practice is not only the... Uh, job description, the benefits, you know, what needs to be done for the job. But then, you know, it, the practices is a living thing. It's something that's walking, talking, breathing every moment that you're in business. And at periods of time, you have to sit down and you have to look and you have to assess where you are and make the necessary adjustments. So, you know, uh, human resource practices, HR practices are also the uh, performance eval.
2: Yes, that's true.
1: Okay. Okay. All right, well, we have lots more to talk about and the integration of HR practices, and we hope you'll join us when, in our next segment, we're going to talk about that integration. We do thank you for listening.
0: You've been listening to Mark Griffin of In His Name HR at Tandem Radio, the good news on business. Be sure to check out some of Mark's other segments at www.tandemradio.com. That's tandemradio.com. You can find out more about Mark and In His Name HR, as well as other shows and videos on our website. Also, be sure to tune in every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on The Bridge FM or the web. Thanks again for joining us for the good news on business.